Today's program is brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. Hey, 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 I'm Jimmy Carboni from Beer Sessions Radio. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. We talk about food. About music with musical dudes, finger on the pulse, snacky tunes.
right, welcome to Snacky Tunes. I'm one half your host, Greg Bresnitz. Darren Bresnitz is currently on his way back from Los Angeles, so I will be holding down the fort myself. That was just Bad Credit, No Credit, who will be in studio live. Um, six people, pretty excited about that, live horns on a Sunday. Uh, I would say winter is officially here. What do you guys think? It's cold. It's freezing. It's beyond freezing. Oh, you're Australian. You know nothing. <laughs> I've never experienced a season before until I moved to New York, so. This is true. Really? Yeah, I mean, I lived in Perth, Australia for most of my life, and then I moved to Miami for about four years, and there's just no no seasons in either of those places. So New York is definitely the complete opposite of that, and going into my second winter here is pretty, pretty intense. We have uh, Jeff and Janine from Root and Bone. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Um, what lie did you have to tell Jeff to convince her to come up here and open this <laughs> restaurant with you? Um, it wasn't a lie. It was more of a it's more of a reality that we're getting older every day. And if you're ever going to take a shot at New York, you better do it while you still have some blood in your veins. And uh, well, I'm getting old. Yeah, Janine's pretty young still. But I heard you've been 37 for five years now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36. I think. I don't know. Um, I want to go back a second. I know that you were raised uh, on boats. Uh, worked at a little cafe. What was the first dish that you mastered uh, for seafood? Oh, my God. Um, huh. I was barely raised on boats. I got a job scrubbing the barnacles off the bottom of a boat. That's still much. a job on a boat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, technically I, outside a boat. The, they yeah. called me a bait boy, I think, was my technical... What, what's a... Hot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what's a bait boy's like, technical the definition? The guy that uh, brings all the sardines and cuts the cigar minnows and puts them on hooks and... Makes the chum buckets and... uh, What goes into chum? (laughs) Like, what's like... Whatever whatever leftovers you can find. So, uh, I worked for a guy that had restaurants, and he also had fishing boats. And so, um, restaurants are perfect um, um, sister companies for a restaurant because... For a uh, a fishing village because uh, you have a lot of garbage you can kind of grind up. And you put it in pantyhose. You take your mom's leftover pantyhose, and you stuff it full of chicken hearts and gizzards and anything bloody and then you tie it in the pantyhose and then you drop it down in the water and it just makes this perfume that goes to the ocean that brings all the fish and crabs and everything around chum yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> make chum, it on a chum Saturday boy. make it on <laughs> chum boy bait, <laughs> bait boy or, or <laughs> chum boy uh, so, so what was the first dish that you feel like uh, uh, probably shrimp and grits um, I remember making clams casino at a young age but um First seafood dish was probably shrimp and grits. And you? Your first dish that you feel you perfected? My first dish that yeah. I feel like I perfected? Um, well, being from Australia, I have a lot of like kind of Southeast Asian influences, and that always really excited me. So um, I'd say just mastering curries in general. So, you well, know. What was like the, the, the uh, trick that you're like, aha? This is how you nail a curry. Um, just like fresh ingredients, not taking any, you know, kind of shortcuts. Good fresh spice, ingredients, yeah. yeah. Good spices, like not going to a grocery store to get all of your spices. Going to like an Asian market and sourcing your ingredients from there, and making sure they're super fresh. How did you two meet? Oh goodness, over a uh, meatloaf, I think. Yeah, it was <laughs> over meatloaf. Do you want the meatloaf story? Yeah, I, I would all love right. it. Um, do you want to tell it? No, Jeff. Wait, no. How Jeff about you guys? Great story. Every other me. sentence. Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll try for a few, and she'll probably interrupt. So that's every other sentence. Um, 
you sure you want this on the air? The whole thing? Yeah, no, All right, you, here it goes. You're really good Exclusive. Telling, uh, telling this story. Uh, so Janine walked into the restaurant. I had a little restaurant called Gigi's in Midtown. and uh, Well, you got to name the city. There's a lot of Midtown. Midtown uh, sorry, Miami. sorry, sorry, Midtown Miami. Midtown Miami. Sorry. You guys have worked extensively. Yeah, that's right. So we were in Miami. I opened a restaurant. Been open for a handful of months. Uh, was doing really well. I think she came in with some friends around six or seven in the evening and I was very busy. I was working the walk station and you know, we just opened and I was trying to balance a lot of things, so I was probably annoyed at any time a server came to me and said I needed to go say something to somebody. Server came up and said there's this gorgeous girl who's in culinary school and would love to meet you and I think I probably As often happens to chefs. It doesn't <laughs> really and I don't know why I just chose to not and I you know, it was a dumb move. But I, I was too busy. I didn't meet her. Uh, she left. I guess she came back at like 1 or 2 in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2 o'clock a.m. We, we, Gigi stayed up until like 4. Well, and I, there was, we actually came back to go to the club that was next door. And we were in the car park. <laughs> and I was looking at the club. And then I was looking at the restaurant. And I was thinking I can either go and dance and, and party. Or I can go back and have this meatloaf dish, which I right. had at Gigi's. And I was like, like so, signaling yeah. to my girls, like, like let's... <laughs> Let's go go eat and meatloaf. eat again because that's what I do. <laughs> so the meatloaf dish is really cool. It's uh, very unique. We have it at Root and Bone, actually. I think we had to put it on. But anyway, she came back in, sat down. I think the same server or hostess came up to me and said, "Hey, this girl's back. Not only is she back to eat the same thing, but she wrote a paper on you." And I'm sure at this point <laughs> you're probably like, "Holy shit! I have a stalker." <laughs> Classic. Um, so Do chefs have stalkers? No, I don't know. I'm I sure know. some yeah. of maybe big time guys do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Not us. Yeah, I, I'll Not let you know if I get. Yeah, to please, the, yeah. If we get to that level. Send me an SOS. I'd be like, oh, who knew? And I need help. <laughs> I might enjoy it. Yeah. Um, make him a personal assistant or something. Anyway, so she sat down. Again, and I wasn't good about going out again, and she ordered the meatloaf again, and apparently she had said something about, I think her friends were teaser because she had to write a paper, and she wound up writing it on me. So I caught her on the way out. She was walking out, and uh, you know, out of the corner of my eye, I see this stunning, beautiful girl walking out as chef's office and see in an open kitchen, and... You know, the entire Is that staff. why they have open kitchens? Yeah, we have code words <laughs> yeah. for it and stuff. What's the code word? Uh, some places it's fire chocolate cake. Some places it's... Red Robin. Red Robin. I mean, it depends. <laughs> Each kitchen has their own term for, watch out, there's a hot chick walking by. Fire chocolate cake, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think a code word might have went out, like, look at the hot chick walking out. Yeah. And the the server came up and was like, that's the girl who you've ignored twice now, who's yeah. been in and eaten the meatloaf twice and I. Ran up to her. I said, hey, I'm sorry. I, you've been really busy. I understand you're in culinary school, and you, you wrote some kind of paper, and I'm Jeff, and thanks for coming in. Thanks for the support. And um, it was nice. It was our first meet. She was uh, a little uh, reluctant to admit the, about the paper. Yeah, what was the paper about? Well, she was supposed to do a, a full interview. I'm asking her. Yeah. Well, she'll lie. Oh, okay. Well, well, so I was supposed to do a, a paper on a chef in my area that I was inspired by, and and I just moved to Miami, so I didn't really know any chefs that I was inspired by. But I would drive past this spot, Gigi's, every single day, and there was a line out the door, and so I was like, oh, I wonder who the chef is from Gigi's, and I did some research, and I saw that he was pretty cute, and. Like, oh, well, he seems she like was supposed a good to interview person. me. And I was supposed to interview Jeff, and I didn't. I fa- completely fabricated. She lied his, uh, in college. His, his, oh, you did. And if the professor's listening, 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I did a little bit of research, but I, I really, I made your life very, very exciting. And she wrote an entire paper that was an interview-based paper, and oh. I found out, and I told her basically that she had a choice. I could either contact a professor and rat her out, yeah. or she could come and work at Gigi's with me for a little while. So I ended up working for you <laughs> on the Tuesday after we first met. So yeah. and I worked. I worked for yeah. Jeff for well, two years yeah. for free. For free. Was, yeah, I was. Oh, you were still in school? Yeah. Oh, okay. Shoot, yeah. yeah, so... And did you... F- well, I mean, the, and here's the classic question. Do you feel you learned more at the restaurant or when you were in school? Oh, uh, I mean, I put everything that I had into my school. And, yeah. like, I, I think that any culinary school that you go to, it's whatever you put in, you get in return. So yeah. I definitely feel like I got a good education from culinary school, but there's no education, like, you learn when you're in the industry and, like, you're in the restaurant every day, so... Mm. Uh, you both have traveled on some pretty great places to learn more of your craft. Uh, what is it that you can, you know, pick up and just even in like the short amount of time that you, by traveling, I know you were in Africa, I know you went around to a bunch of different Asian places, you know, what are some of the skills and lessons you picked up while visiting those places? Well, I mean, I traveled through Asia, I traveled through Europe. Um, the culture, especially in Southeast Asia, is completely different to anything I've ever experienced. And, seeing like some of the tools that they use um i volunteered in an elephant reserve where they like kind of taken these disabled elephants and they um have this whole campus where they take people in to like build houses and build like a bunch of different things and so these ladies that were cooking it was all in um thailand they had these crazy amount of tools and very unique things that i'd never seen before so and the same with all over Asia. They're kind of very, very rustic, I guess. Um, so pretty unique in, in that sense. Um, also, like, everything's just kind of... They use very basic basic ingredients to make something taste, like, unbelievable. So... Cool. Yeah. You? Um, my favorite stage, I spent a couple months in Egypt and... I was in Sharm el Sheikh, Egypt, and I learned how to make curry from a, an Indian guy who it was a it was like one of those recipes that you just you knew when he started that you were going to learn something real. And he's like, "Yeah, this is a, about a 700 year old recipe." And he, I was like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's we don't know how long it's been in the family, but it's great, 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 great grandmother. Uh, we have it written down from there." And so he started going through it, and I was just mesmerized. So. I think we did that curry a few times. Um, but it was just more of a technique instead of what he was doing as far as spices and everything goes. It was mm. more of a technique of frying onions and then pureeing them with water and like real raw basic ingredients, but just technique that you would have never thought of frying an onion until it's black and then pureeing it with water. And it was like all these little things that he did with normal ingredients that we in America would always cook but not do it the way they did. So I don't know. I think that was probably my most interesting experience huh wow yeah um well we're going to talk about the the new spot um and uh what's it like to you know having you know a little bit of blood left in your body to make it in new york
winter music so you two in miami you decided that you want to live a little and that you hate yourselves and you want to open up a restaurant <laughs> in new york where does the idea come from or where does like where does the uh the idea take root all pun intended take root yeah that was going um professional janine came up with a name <clears throat> which was very appropriate root and bone so it's you know it's food and um it's food and, and it's food from our roots it's it's um it's a restaurant that's not pretentious. It's casual enough, but uh, the food's great, and it just, I don't know, the name fit in, and it made sense, and I think her and I had had uh, a good run in Miami, but uh, everybody knows that New York is the food mecca of the world right now, and it's time to take a stab. I mean, what was some of the reasons for leaving Miami? I mean, I could probably list them having never lived there, but for someone that was in it, well, for me, I'm Australian. I have this like intense travel bug that I guess I was just born with. And <clears throat> since I left high school, I've just traveled for the last what, 10 years. Um, I've traveled a lot. And I kind of put down roots in Miami for about four years. And it was just time to time for me to kind of do something else and although like Miami will always probably be somewhere I hold very close to my heart and maybe one day I'll move back there I've always had felt that New York was kind of the next step for me and um Jeff I guess you kind of felt the same way yeah yeah I mean I I'd been in Miami for seven years still love it there's nothing to not love um, but I guess the last restaurant I had was uh, Yardbird, which we did really well at. Which I've been at uh, yeah. a couple times. In, in, insanely successful, uh, great place. I think we knocked it out of the park there. And we just, um, you know, we thought that my uh, that New York was the next step and um, definitely brought some flavors of that uh, as an inspiration to, to New York. And, um, I mean, I can't tell you how many times... I'd be working the line or expo at uh, at Yardbird, and somebody'd be like, I, "I'm in New York, come open one." Yeah, 
and now it's vice versa. Everybody's coming in. I mean, it's just there's a lot. I think probably thirty, forty percent of the people that live in New York are in Miami for some point in time. It's it's strange. I got family down there. Yeah, everybody has yeah. family down there, and everyone just like escapes. Yeah, yeah. yeah and I don't, I don't <laughs> blame them because <laughs> when the winter's rough. The perfect two-hour flight down to Miami, spent but, a couple of weeks there. It's the perfect escape. Yeah, but Yardbird also felt very much like a, East, like a New York restaurant. It didn't feel like a lot of the other Miami. Right. Like the design was really subtle. It was beautiful. Yeah. My friend Chris Romero did some intense work on the design, and it was it was nice. It, it felt homey and quaint. It still does. It's- so how have you felt the, like, the, um, you know, your eaters would be of you know miami versus new york is you since like a difference in the clientele or any like notable Mm. uh characteristic traits i think new yorkers definitely know their food they're everyone's a critic everyone knows exactly what (laughs) they want out of something and and so in that sense it's it's you know we definitely have tough critics but at the same time everyone's been really enjoying right what we've been putting out so the restaurant we just opened is um I mean, we have 50 seats tops. It's small. It's quaint. It's, it's delicious. It's yeah. It's well. It's it, it's it's in a little village. It's in the East Village. It's 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 a neighborhood restaurant, and um, we hope to get more seats soon. Uh, but for now, it's just you know we focus on feeding a lot of people that live across the street and upstairs, and it's a little quaint mom and pop shop. I mean, it I is guess what I'm it is. mom and your pop. <laughs> I want to be mom. <laughs> you can be a mom. And have you brought any of the dishes from uh, Yardbird up to, to Root and Bone? Not too much. I mean, the fried chicken is very unique that we do. Um, we brine it in sweet tea, so it's a different brine. We have a, a rub or a, a powder that we put on the outside. We dehydrate lemons, actually. We make lemon mm. chips. We dehydrate them until they're crispy, and we make like a lemon powder. And so it's got this zesty zing coating on the outside. Um, we're proud to be getting some stuff from Pennsylvania, some chickens out of Pennsylvania from Amish country. Um, how did you go about selecting your chickens? Uh, and how long did it take? Janine found some cool purveyors before we had, I mean, we had plenty of time because <laughs> building the place in New York is, uh, it's a different story. It's tough <laughs> here. So we had time to shop around, but Janine found some guys, uh, and I mean, we had time to find a lot of cool purveyors and, um, we found a guy that drives all the way out to Pennsylvania to like a co-op, and you know, as far as the vegetables go, it's a place yeah, called Grow a, NYC. Yeah, we have like a forager. Who yeah, like this guy just brings connects us, us some... with a lot of small farms that are really cool, and like every week is, you know, one week you can get watermelons, the next they're out, like you've right. cleared up farm. <laughs> um, so every week is kind of different, and it's yeah. it's nice with a fifty-seat restaurant. We have a printer downstairs that prints a menu, so we change it, we tweak it, we do what we need to do, and we get to stay true to our roots and true to what's up here. And the seasons have been a lot of fun. You know, Ginny and I were just talking about how we've never experienced seasons. So to see the produce list just drastically yeah, change. Yeah, that is that is definitely the positive side yeah. of living somewhere where the seasons do actually change. Is that you see, like the farmers markets are amazing when the seasons are changing, and all of a sudden you're seeing less watermelons, less tomatoes and corn and you're seeing more of you know more squash squash that we've never seen before or experience the roots are in right now we're able to experiment with it's it's really cool what are you excited about this week 
Um, I mean, the pumpkins are obviously out of control. There's so many different squash and pumpkins. Yeah, every week there's like a different a different pumpkin or a different squash added to our list of things that we're experimenting with. Janine um, just decided that kohlrabi is Yeah, kohlrabi is my vegetable. new favorite vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we've been using a lot of green kohlrabi, and this week we have red kohlrabi, which is like super exciting for me. It's kind of like when you roast it, it's kind of funky like a sunchoke. Um, which uh, sunchokes are like my, they were my past favorite vegetables. Oh, yeah, that was last week's favorite. <laughs> yeah, um, Well, I want to thank you for coming in. Where thank can people you. find you? How can they follow you? Reservations? Um, we don't take reservations, but if you get in early, then there's no wait. So um, you can just come on by. Um, our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter is root, the letter N, bone NYC. And you'll find me at Chef Janine Booth and Jeff at Chef McInnes. Amazing. Well, thanks for coming by. Thanks. Uh, we have Bad Credit, No Credit coming up live in studio. I am broken. I am hollow. Oh, I'll leave the world I know. Let me fall from the place I stand. Keep it simple, tell them nothing's new After all, it's true Let the sound of your voice be plain You are still young and you still have time These words destroyed my mind Into thinking that I'm okay I have nothing, it is only me It makes me sound so free But I'm lost in a place I know I am me no more I'm gone forever for sure For sure What a feeling it is to Oh, to hate what you've allowed Allowed the world to see of you Now you know it to be found Let your chest sink Let your eyes sink too Let the world pass through Till you find what you can't let go Let the streets die Let the rest go home Let me be alone With the songs that I just can't sing I am sorry, this is so not me I know how it must seem When you can't even fake a smile And if it's over, I am not aware I struggle and I stare And I talk to myself all night I am me no more I'm gone forever for sure For sure What a feeling it is to Oh, to hate what you allow Allowed the world to see of you Now you know where to be found I'm sorry that 
you had to be From a place that I could leave I could leave so easily What a feeling it is to Oh, to hate what you allowed Allowed the world to see of you Now you know where to be found All right. Welcome back. Snacky Tunes. Darren Bresnan's still not here. What a jerk. Want to welcome back. Credit, no credit to the show. Hey, guys. Hi. And girl. Uh, some of you have been here before. Yes. Some of you first time. First time people. You want to go around the room and just kind of let us know who you are? Hi. Uh, I'm Josh. I play bass. How you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Really well. <laughs> yeah. Happy Maybe you can say your team. Uh, Carter uh, on Team Carter I play trumpet <laughs> second time uh, being on the show first time caller yeah second time caller yeah third time listener <laughs> third time listener <laughs> I'm Ryan I play saxophone um, I like badminton oh that's my team that's <laughs> uh, I'm Trevor I play the trombone okay I'm Chris I play the drums you have a team My team's the Giants. Yeah. <laughs> Gigantic. Um, hi, I'm Carrie Ann, and I make vocals okay. and saxophone. I make sax. Um, and my team is. My team is the Seahawks. Yes. <laughs> so how did uh how did you guys all come together? I mean, pretty great, great sound. I love it. I love like larger ensembles, especially with brass. Uh, how did you guys? Uh, how did this happen? Tell me a story. Well, it, it it's a very convoluted and, and weird story. I met everybody in, in very different ways. Um, Carter was the first among this group. I, I started the group many first years among ago. Equals. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Um, I, I started the group, or rather, the group was started for me uh, around 2008, um, and we went through many, many changes over the years. Uh, none of the original members still live in New York, um, but. The next best thing uh, was Carter, uh, who we found through Craigslist. <laughs> really? what, was the, what was the Craigslist ad? I don't know. Andy did it. Do you, do you remember Carter? I, I do not remember. I remember it It had that allure. It had that Andy Russell Thomas charm. <laughs> so, like, but yeah. do people still look for, like, uh, I mean, what, we're like, oh, I want to join a band. Let me look on Craigslist. Or, like, what's the... I mean, this was 2009, yeah, so... Yeah. You know, those were different days. Nobody no, I know. Was really that's why I'm asking. No, I, I don't know. I'm lucky enough to have these guys now and not have to be on Craigslist. So, uh, you know, God bless you. If you still have to do it, stick with it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I, mean, you, I don't even know if anyone that would even look on Craigslist. You know, I um, would now, actually, or I would yeah. put up an ad again. Yeah. I mean, we found Carter. Craigslist has my, like, blessing for life <laughs> because he's also, like, my best friend now. So... Yeah. You know, Craigslist Wait, were you looking great. for a best friend? Or were I you was, for I was, and it totally worked out. Um, um, yeah, I actually found. I'm Trevor. I found the band on Craigslist, and I realized I know some of these fools already. <laughs> what? <laughs> really? We were on Craigslist. Yeah, yeah and then was, I was that like, Andy again? God, Ryan Weisheit. I know this guy. <laughs> uh, that's funny because I met Ryan on the street yeah. on Eighth Avenue yeah. or something, and I saw he was carrying yeah. a sax. Wow. 
um, because, you know, New York. Yeah. And I, I guess I was feeling extroverted. And it was, uh, what's his name? Oh, and I was with Red Hunter. You were with Red. And- yeah. Uh, and you knew him. I knew Red through a mutual friend. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, that makes me sound less ballsy, so we'll leave that part out next time. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, and Chris, uh, we found through Jason, who found us through Carter. Jason's not here today. And Josh was recommended to me um, by some of the members of our favorite band. I think it's our collective favorite band uh, called Not Blood Paint. They're local guys. <laughs> Uh, and then when you said the, bo- the band was put together for you, what do you mean? <laughs> it was really weird. Um, so I was in this band for um, about eight months with these guys that never played out. They were really strange dudes. Uh, one was like about 15 years older than me. His name was Jet, and he wore sunglasses at night. And he would say things like, little lady, you don't know how to talk rock and roll. Um, <laughs> Where is he now? <laughs> I don't know. I see, him. <laughs> I see him every once in a while, and he doesn't talk to me. I don't know why. Because um, I got kicked out of that band eventually, <laughs> and they never told me why. Um, but there was one person who heard us, and her name was Elaine. Um, and she decided to... She was the only person sad about it, because she was also the only person who heard us. And <laughs> so she got a band together for us. Um, her boyfriend and herself and Jason Conklin um, and it was a nice little group to start <laughs> that's amazing um, let's hear a song yeah, yeah let's hear, we let's have hear songs yeah. this is the, the first one's from back in those old days so yeah. a uh, vampire song do we have an album that it's on too I don't know. Why don't you tell us, Carter? <laughs> it's on the whole Buffalo Vampire song. It's actually, we have a great music video, too. Oh, it. we do. And yeah. it's on the YouTube. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
sugar. Blood and a smile on my of that sweet sweet note <laughs> how long do you normally hold it when you play live be honest uh depends how much drinking has been happening yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I try not to go too hard before a show because we have a pretty physical live show <laughs> yeah what is it what does it involve um well usually i have a also other instruments we all have uh, several of us have multiple instruments and uh there's a lot of jumping around and twisting of knobs and electronics and stuff as well sometimes crowd charging you charge the crowd there's That's been some true. crowd charging over the years I love <laughs> I love um where does the name come from well um i think it's most familiar to people that are from the south because there are a lot of signs down there that say bad credit no credit no problem um but i've noticed that in the north uh some people are like what the hell is that am i, I allowed, think am I allowed gr- to say he double hop- hockey sticks <laughs> you can say what the fuck you want uh, yeah <laughs> i was getting a little worried hell is the one that you're concerned about no i was worried about future future oh. curses is it uh it's like a what is it, like a loan thing yeah yeah and i mean generally everybody in this band is Jazz Bad rich. credit. Jazz rich. What, uh, <laughs> what is a jazz rich defined as? Carter? Uh, jazz rich is like tens of, tens of dollars. Tens of dollars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like pretty much all the money in jazz. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, is it a week by week denomination, day by day? Sometimes mm-hmm. night by night. Yeah. <laughs> gig to gig. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> which means I'm very lucky to be playing with these guys. Because this is a passion project for... For dudes that really get their hustle on around town and play with a lot of amazing people. Yeah, you guys, I mean, I've seen you all in, like, various iterations. You want to shout out some of your side projects? Current projects? Um, Long-time dreams? Full-time yeah, fantasies? I, uh, <laughs> I play with um, a singer-songwriter. Her, her name is Lachi. Lachi Lisa. Um, I didn't even know this, Josh. Do you and, have a secret uh, life? Yeah, I do. I have a, I'm a little bit of a, yeah, kind of a 
uh, secret life. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's it's a little different than um, you know what we do here. It's a little more. Um, I feel like it's kind of more kind of conventional da dance pop uh, stuff of uh, that nature. But uh, again, I get to use a lot of effects and a lot of fun stuff like that. So yeah, it's great. But uh, yeah, I love these guys too. How often do you guys get together? Well, lately a lot less because I was gone for the summer. Um, I went to France, and it was kind of hard to commute. Um, <laughs> but we kind of needed a break anyway because we're working on a record, and it's sort of murdering us slowly. What's the writing? Pro I mean, there's more. <laughs> there's more of you, right? There's one more of yeah. us, yeah, Jason D. Sue. What is the writing process of, among you know seven musicians? I'd like Chris to answer that. Um, a lot of how we made the new record was just sitting around in our rehearsal space, uh, which is Shea Stadium, or was Shea Stadium, um, and me and Josh uh, would just start hammering out different grooves, um, which I know is how at least three of the songs got made, if mm -hmm. not more, yeah. and we would establish something solid and funky that I would prefer, uh, that you wouldn't... <laughs> hate listening to over and over <laughs> and then um we have these amazingly talented horn players to just sprinkle over the top whatever they feel like is that the highest achievement like i don't i wouldn't hate listening to this yeah. that, that, Honestly, that's the best you know like I, I really think that some of my favorite music is stuff that i can sleep to like i, I think it's a really great achievement to not be offensive uh. <laughs> <laughs> not, that, not that that's so what we sound like. Yeah. We're not sleepy, but yeah. you know, I, but no, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Karen, <laughs> a lot of the new stuff, though, you had lyric ideas too that we kind of made ground. That the rhythm section made groundwork. Yeah, there was a lot of that too. I mean, it was. It's a kind of a concept record. It's kind of uh, the idea is like a. I, I want to cast myself as sort of a macabre uh, Rick James character. Wait, 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 wait. What's your cape game like? It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of interior designs to like when I raise my arms. Who's the one that puts it on your shoulders and tries to get you off the stage? Uh, that's definitely Trevor. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that James Brown? Oh, who did you say? Rick James. Oh, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to talk about James. <laughs> Rick James is even better. Yeah, I mean, vicious cape game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, um, Rick James, I, I really do have a great respect for, and I got really deep into his catalog um, in the last couple of years. So I think part of what we'd do when we were finding our groups would be to listen to some of that stuff at SOS Band and some of these really great um, early 80s dance tracks and, and kind of go from there and make it our own. Uh, do you have anything new that we can hear? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to save it for last, but we could do it now. Let's just do it now. Okay, we'll close cool. it out with like an oldie but goodie. Okay, yeah, sounds mix good. Mix it up. Uh, what's this one called? This one's called Nora. Okay. Live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs> Give away the beast. 
Stopped on a dime. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's Ryan Whiteside on saxophone, by the way. <laughs> uh, so when you guys are, uh, you know, writing together and, and getting this together, what do you where do you land on for food? Seven people. That's like a that's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, no, no, there, there are two. There are two. <laughs> There's pizza in Indian for sure. Yeah. Um, Indian pizza, really? Yeah. No, no, we don't do that. <laughs> Any spot in particular for Indian food? I feel like it's kind of like a it's like a not always like the best uh, the best spots in uh, in our area. Yeah, well, you have to go dish by dish, really. I think in our area, and I live in Bushwick, and we practice sort of in Bushwick at Shea Stadium, so there's a different place for each one. But at, at Shea, we order from Taj Kebab, even though they <laughs> never bring utensils, but they have the best chicken Malay. Like it's the stuff that really? drinks are made of. Really, yeah, what makes yeah. it so good. It's just coconut and sweet, and well, it's kind of slipping. To, not that I've still been ordering it um, all the time, <laughs> secretly without you guys. But uh, <laughs> every day, every meal, I just keep hoping it'll be back to what it was—the ten- think- tender chicken. But I don't think they're marinating it in the yogurt correctly. Do you think that you can? Can you say something? Like, be like, yo, guys, um, I'm, I'm, I mean, you need to have you, a talk? Well, I mean, They okay. don't even bring utensils. Let me put, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, the, the but, like, but would you respect if, like, here. let's say you guys are maybe, like, maybe not doing as well as a band, and if, like, a fan, like, a true fan would be like, I love you guys. Is everything okay? The last few months? Shows haven't been as tight. Dry Genocin. chicken, man. Dry yeah. chicken. Do you think you're going to be like, look, I love you guys. I order from you every day, sometimes twice. I just, it, what's going on? Is it problems at home? Is, is it, it me? Is it me? Is it me? Do you know that I'm going to order no matter what, so I just get your second best when you change my name? That's always my question. Maybe if you got burner phones, 
uh, <laughs> and like idea. started pretending to call from other numbers. That might, yeah, I think that might have to happen because I need, I need it back. But how much would that fuck you up if you called from a different number and the dish came better and then like it just totally made I w- you rethink I would, I would lo- delivery? I would cry. I would cry. <laughs> it's a personal affront. Yeah. Yeah. And it, now the yeah. now the seed has been planted. <laughs> Come by your phone. I want to order Indian food. <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah. Well, now everything's seamless too. So I'm probably I'm probably have some serious red flag. Like this chick always puts all caps <laughs> on her <laughs> directives and demands well, brown rice. It's funny. I do feel like this band is really tied pretty closely with food. I mean, we the first few rehearsals I ever did with the band, it was. I think we would go over to your place and you would just cook a bunch of food for everybody. <laughs> yes. and, uh, for, for, the, for those listening out there, Carrie Ann is an amazing, wonderful chef. Oh yeah, what is, you yeah. what's your like? What's your best? Well, let's. What's your favorite dish she cooks, and what's your favorite dish that you cook? Oh God, what did I have I even cooked for you guys? What Probably you just stir fries and shit. You uh, did um, <laughs> collars once for us. Swordfish collars, or fish collars. <laughs> they were amazing. You also make really good like stews and yeah, stews. You've done. Um, I like to think I was specialist in gruel. like i i really like especially with large bands like this you know you just you have to be able to like i cater in our video shoot and it was something like 40 people so there was a lot of gruel happening there are a lot of big pots and things that you can make a mess we sometimes put like you know five pieces of meat for your six bandmates and be like one of you is not (laughs) one of you is just not getting it the vegetarian Yeah, there's, okay. there's, I have seen him eat chorizo just for the record. Okay. For the, <laughs> He's a fallen, is that what got you? Man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the weirdest thing. Can I tell this story? Can sure. you tell this story? Well, I mean... It's just weird. It's not really a good story. Yeah, just tell it. My vegetarianism is hanging on by a thread and it yeah. has been for years. Right, right. So um, we love to exploit it. So any opportunity <laughs> I have to... You know, I figure if meat is served to me, the animal has already been killed... Yeah, but the what if it's my done. taco? <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, there was that time in Austin you ate my bacon burrito. <laughs> like Texas burrito. I don't well, really know if this thread exists anymore. <laughs> As a casual outside observer that knows nothing of your history. Yeah, um, I'm a pretty bad vegetarian. So uh, what's next for you guys? Well, we're working on this record. It's gotten stalled due to funding issues, and I have to see some guy. Um. <laughs> Wait, is that a Craigslist thing? No. no. no he not. just said, back credit, no credit, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's our man. Yeah. And we're like, you lied. <laughs> <laughs> back credit, no credit, problem. Yeah. That's what it's been. Um, um. Yeah, so it's it's been epic because i i'm i've really gotten into the recording process and i want to do everything correctly and and try to have everything especially with these gorgeous horn players have everything nice and warm and analog and it's um expensive (laughs) (laughs) as it tends to be um well i want to make sure we have time for one oldie but good goodie cool Uh, but where can people find you find your earlier works see your music videos um well YouTube, uh, don't type in bad credit, no credit, because there are a lot of ads on there. Um, uh, type in vampire song, vampire with a Y. Oh. Uh, oh. That's right. And uh, we also have bad credit, no credit dot bandcamp dot com and Facebook dot com slash bad credit, no credit. That wasn't taken. No, and, and people are pissed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Guys trying to like finance cars and just yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for uh, for coming out. Thank Th- you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks to the family at Root and Bone for coming out and 
uh, sharing their st- meatloaf story with us. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. Uh, Darren and I will actually both be here. And uh, winter is upon us. So drink oh, some God. whiskey. Winter is coming. Winter is no, here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess, I, um, yeah, what are you going to take us out with? Uh, this is called The Last Battle, and it's also on The Whole Buffalo, which is a record that we have out in the world. That you could potentially have. Yeah. Yeah. For a price. To help fund the next record. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. Yeah, thanks Thank for being on, guys.
as she takes my love away from me. As she takes my love away from me. As she takes my love away from me. program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions anytime at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a 501c3 nonprofit. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.